ATPC family, and welcome again to another Wednesday Night at Home series. Uh, this is our third week in the Kingdom Come at Home. It is the last week. Uh, you know, last couple of weeks I talked about uh, the importance of going beyond Sunday morning uh, and the importance of being in the Word of God. And this week we're going to talk about the importance of prayer. Uh, and there's just, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of talk about prayer and there's a lot of uh, need for prayer uh, in regards to the Christian life. And, and I think, you know, in, in this season we're in right now with the whole COVID-19 crisis, you know, one of the things I talked about a couple weeks ago in regards to uh, what the Lord is saying through this crisis, because, you know, we got all kinds of voices uh, from all different areas talking about COVID-19 and, and their opinions on it and so on and so forth. But uh, the, the most important voice we need to hear is the, is the voice of the Lord. And, you know, one of the things I think the Lord is saying in this season to the church is we have to go beyond uh, Sunday morning. And again, um, it's, it's not an aspect of replacing Sunday, but it is an aspect of realizing that Sunday is not the center of our relationship with, with the Lord. Uh, that, that center is the gospel. That center is our daily walk with the Lord. That, that center is that daily relationship we develop uh, over time. You know, I think one of the things for, for many of us that we've discovered in these last few months as we've gone through the whole COVID-19 crisis is that for, for a lot of us, the, the foundation of our Christian life is Sunday uh, versus our daily relationship with the Lord. And, you know, for a season, Sunday has been dis disrupted. You know, here at Turning Point Church, we're able to be back now, which is great. Uh, but there were several months that we were not able to meet on Sunday morning. And of course, we have this great technology uh, over the Internet through Facebook or, or uh, wherever you're watching, whether it's our website or on our, our archives. But it's no substitute for being in person because uh, we need that fellowship. We need to be hanging out with other people. Um, but for, for this season, you know, the Lord has allowed this to happen. And I think in allowing it, he's revealed some things that we didn't realize we kind of slipped into, where we became sort of complacent in our relationship with him. And in that complacency, we've sort of relied too much on our Sunday morning gathering as sort of a linchpin, if you will, in our relationship with the Lord, rather than our daily relationship with the Lord, uh, you know, one of the, one of the one of the things I talked about, or, or the the keys sort of uh, that I talked about in that first week, uh, in going beyond Sunday morning, in, in regards to Sunday not being the foundation of our Christian life. So uh, what I want to do is I just want to recap those three keys again from the first week because they're foundational in the aspect of why we're talking about being in the Word. You know, last week we talked about being at home with the Word of God. Uh, this week we're going to talk about being at home with prayer. And those, those two um, disciplines, if you will, uh, in, the spiritual life, in the spiritual life of a Christian are, are the foundation, they're the glue in regards to our relationship with, with the Lord, is being in, in His Word every day and being in prayer with Him every day. If we will do those two things, then uh, we will 
move towards fulfilling these three keys in going beyond Sunday morning. So let me recap these for you real quick. Uh, so the three keys to go beyond Sunday morning. Number one, Sunday morning should be a part of our Christian life, not the foundation of our Christian life. So we, you know, Sunday again has a place, but for a lot of people it's out of place because it's the only place that they encounter Jesus. So that's number one. Number two, we need a new generation of Christians who are raised in Christ, not just in the church. There's a big difference. Um, you know, a lot of people look at um, a generation and they say, you know, they were raised in the church. And, and that's true. Uh, but for a lot of them, they weren't raised in Christ. And there's a big difference. Uh, if you missed that, or if you want to get more details on that, go back to week one. And I go into detail on what that means to be raised in Christ versus raised in the church. Now, certainly if you're raised in Christ, you're going to be going to church. Uh, but you can go to church and yet not be raised in Christ. And there's a big, big difference there. So that's number two. And then number three, we need to rely more on the Holy Spirit for revelation than on pastors and teachers. Now, again, uh, certainly not against pastors and teachers. I'm teaching right now, right? You know, I'm, I'm a pastor at a church. But the, the point is that our true revelation, if you will, um, of the truths of the Word of God come from the Holy Spirit. They don't come from other men and women. Uh, so those are the three keys. And last week I talked about the importance of being at home with the Word of God and the role of the Word of God in our relationship with God and, and our relationship with Jesus and, and growing as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So that's, that's that first part the other part is, is prayer. Um, those are the two foundational disciplines that we have to have in our, our daily walk with the Lord as Christians uh, if we're going to build that relationship with Jesus. Because really, that's what discipleship is, is growing in a daily relationship with Jesus. You know, we're not just called to go to heaven one day. Uh, I know we, we tend to promote the gospel that way, that, hey, you get to go to heaven one day. And while that's true... <clears throat> There's so much more to the gospel than just going to heaven one day. The, the gospel is about reestablishing the relationship God intended to have with us from the very beginning. You know, that relationship we see in Genesis 1 and 2, that was God's original intent. Uh, of course, it was, it was interrupted in Genesis 3, and from Genesis 3 all the way to Revelation 22, it's the story of God pursuing man to reestablish and, and restore the um, relationship he intended to have with us uh, in the beginning, from the very first first uh, intent that he had when he created man. So in reestablishing re that relationship, uh, obviously the gospel brings and bridges that, that gap, brings us across that gap uh, between us and God, and overcomes sin, hell, death, and the grave through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, but it's not just about crossing the gap. It's crossing the gap for the purpose of growing in our relationship with God. It's, again, it's not just about going to heaven one day. <clears throat> so we have to continuously develop that daily relationship with God. And we do that through the Word of God and through prayer. Now, there's many other disciplines uh, that are involved, but these are the foundational ones. And these are the ones that most people don't have in their daily walk with the Lord. All they have is Sunday, or Wednesday in, in this case. Um, and, and when it comes to being at home or on their own, 
they, they either don't do much or don't know how to do anything uh, other than, you know, listen to Christian TV or radio or read a Christian book. Nothing wrong with those things in and of themselves, but there is no substitute for this book. <laughs> you know, there's no substitute for reading the Word of God, and there's no substitute for being in prayer with the Lord. Uh, and that's what I want to talk about tonight, is, is the aspect of prayer, and being at home with prayer, uh, along with uh, struggling with reading the Word of God. A lot of Christians struggle with prayer, and, and what does prayer look like, and how does prayer work, uh, and you know, I could do a whole you know, 10 week series, even longer on prayer, uh, so obviously I can't get into all the details tonight. But I just want to kind of give a primer, if you will, on prayer, on how we can be at home. You know, the whole purpose of this series over the last three weeks was uh, to bring the kingdom home. <clears throat> you know, we talk about kingdom come at church or in our communities or in, in our country, whatever. Uh, God wants the kingdom to come at home as well, you know, uh, in, in your daily life, in, in your family life, in your work life, in, in all the aspects of of your life, that the kingdom of God, and we pray that in the Lord's Prayer, uh, thy kingdom come. Well, it's it's not for something out there, it's for something right here. You know, I'm sitting in my home right now, and you know, maybe you're in your home. <clears throat> the Lord wants his kingdom to be manifest right there where you are, uh, whether it's in your home or in your car, or if you're at work, or wherever you are, the Lord wants his kingdom manifest right there. So that's why I call this series, Kingdom Come at Home. Because right now, a lot of us are spending a lot of time at home, and the Lord, I think, is, is using that as a reminder to say, hey, I'm not just Lord of the church in the sense of the building or the service, uh, I'm also Lord of the home in the sense of not just the house as far as the structure, but the family and the relationships, so on and so forth. So that's, that's, that's the whole purpose of this series. And tonight, I want to talk about being at home with prayer. So there's just one short verse that uh, I want to look at. There's a million verses on prayer. And again, I could spend uh, 10 months on prayer. Uh, but uh, tonight, I just want to talk about one verse that really encapsulates the importance of prayer and why we need to be in prayer. And, and it's a verse that, on the surface, you may not think is directly related to prayer, uh, but it gives the, the why behind prayer, if you will. So that's out of John chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, uh, want to jump over to John chapter 10. It's one verse, John chapter 10, verse 27. And I'm reading out of the New King James. Uh, G, this is Jesus speaking. Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Uh, real simple, just straightforward verse. And we're going to talk about that verse in the context of prayer, uh, because if we're not hearing the voice of God, um, then we're not in a full conversation with God. And I'm going to talk about the aspect of conversation in prayer. Uh, we need to be hearing from God, because as Jesus said, you know, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Well, you can't follow Jesus if you're not hearing his voice, right? And that's really what the the foundation of discipleship is. And we see that in, in the four Gospels, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, in the calling of the disciples. You know, Jesus went to them and he said, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Well, that is the, 
that's the clarion call, if you will, of discipleship. And, and it's the same today. Jesus is saying to us, come follow me. But we can't follow him unless we're hearing him. And uh, hearing him is an aspect of prayer. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So let's open in prayer and we will get into the aspects of being at home with prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you. Uh, Lord, I thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you for this series. And I thank you, Father, for your just your interruption into our lives. Uh, Lord, we know you're not the author of COVID-19, but Lord, I know that you have um, allowed this to occur so that we would have the opportunity to reevaluate just our walk with you. Lord, you've allowed this to be a disruption, not to to defeat us, Lord, but to get our attention and, and to draw us closer to you, Father. So, Lord, I pray for every single person that hears this message, Father, that, that they would hear your voice and they would follow you. And, and in, in this specific message tonight, Lord, you would give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and you would open our understanding in how we can uh, develop our relationship with you through prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's get started. So as I said, you know, uh, prayer is a foundational aspect of the Christian life. It's the foundational aspect of discipleship. Uh, one of my favorite authors, Henry Blackaby, he, he wrote probably, uh, in my opinion, one of the most comprehensive teachings on the kingdom of God that is out there other than the Bible. Uh, it's a book called Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. And in that book, one of the statements he makes in regards to prayer, because one of the things he talks about in there is prayer, he says this, if a Christian does not know when God is speaking, that person is in trouble at the core of his or her Christian life. <clears throat> That's a pretty strong statement to say that you're in trouble at the very core of your Christian life if you don't know when God is speaking. Uh, but, you know, again, it goes back to this John 10, 27, when Jesus said, um, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. Well, again, we have to be able to hear the voice of God in order to follow him. So, when it comes to prayer, uh, there's a lot of different perspectives, uh, there's a lot of confusion, there's a lot of misunderstanding, um, there's a lot of, um, you know, just fear sometimes, and I just don't know how to pray, I don't know what to pray, I don't know, you know, how does this whole thing work, if you will. Uh, well, what I want to do tonight is I want to look at prayer uh, from two angles, uh, specifically three things that prayer is not, and then three things that prayer is. Um, and I'm kind of taking a uh, sort of a big view of prayer. Uh, I'm not going to dial down into you know the specifics per se, because uh, I, I want to address the why we need to pray, why we need to be in prayer, uh, the motivation behind it. Um, because once you, once you understand the motivation, once you understand the why, the how just begins to develop. And there's, there's a lot of books out there on how to pray and, and all that. Um, but the, the desire and, and the why is, is infinitely more important than the how. Because you can know how to pray, but if you don't have the desire to pray, then you're most likely not going to pray. And I think that's where a lot of Christians are. Um, 
they they know maybe the the basics of prayer you know there's always the model prayer of course you know uh, what Jesus taught us as far as the Lord's prayer and uh, sometimes we use the the uh, you know the outline of Acts A C T S uh, adoration confession thanksgiving supplication or, or whatever you know any other type of um, outline if you will uh, for prayer but I think the the biggest hindrance to prayer is not so much how to pray, but why, and the motivation and desire, and the understanding of how it develops our relationship, and through developing that relationship, it develops us as disciples. So that's that's really what I want to talk about tonight, is, is sort of the, the behind-the-scenes aspect of what happens when we pray, and why we pray. Um, in the context of our relationship with God. So let's begin. I'm going to start with the negatives. Uh, three things prayer is not uh, in, in order to lay the foundation for what it is. So let's start there. Three things prayer is not. Number one, <clears throat> first of all, prayer is not a one-way conversation. And, and I think a lot of Christians get tripped up in this. Um, is, you know, when we pray, we kind of throw up our either requests or we, you know, we, we recite uh, particular prayers, whether it's the Lord's Prayer or, you know, maybe we have a prayer book or whatever. <clears throat> um, and, and we think, or we misunderstand that prayer is not a one-way conversation. Because uh, we'll go and we'll pray and we'll pour out our heart to God or we'll give our requests to God. And there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, you know, uh, the Bible implores us to cast our cares upon the Lord. But it's more than just casting our cares upon the Lord um, in that we just give our requests to the Lord and then we just walk away. And, then, you know, okay, I'm done with my prayers. And I hope God heard <laughs> or I hope God answers and, um, you know, I'm not sure what happens next, but, you know, I did my prayers. <clears throat> so prayer is not a one-way conversation. It's not just me coming before the Lord and saying, uh, you know, either a list of things I need or praying for other people uh, or, you know, praying certain types of prayers, whatever it may be. Uh, it, it's so much bigger than that. <clears throat> it is, it's a two-way conversation, um, you know. We need to be hearing from God, just like Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. Well, to hear, uh, that means God's speaking, and that means we need to receive uh, from him. <clears throat> so in prayer, we don't just speak to the Lord, we need to hear from the Lord. And that's one of the things I tell people is one of, the, one of the most important aspects of prayer is not what you want to say to God, uh, it's what he wants to say to you. Because God technically already knows what you're going to say because he's sovereign. He's, you know, he's all-knowing. So you're not going to tell him something he doesn't already know. That doesn't mean we shouldn't pray. It doesn't mean we don't cast our cares upon us. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that one word from God could radically change your entire perspective. It literally could change your entire life because you have no idea what he's going to say. You don't know what his perspective is. And there's times I've gone to God and, and, and I've been talking to God and, and maybe asking questions or whatever, and he'll come back with one word and one perspective and it just completely changes everything I'm thinking. Uh, it changes my entire perspective on, on what's going on 
because God always looks from a spiritual perspective. He doesn't look from a natural perspective. And we tend to always look from the natural perspective. We only look at what, you know, what's going on in the physical. God's looking at what's going on in the spiritual. <clears throat> so when it comes to prayer, it has to be that two-way conversation. That, yes, I speak to the Lord. I, I, I give him my request. Or, or, you know, I pray the scriptures, which is fabulous. Um, but I also need to hear back. Uh, I need to hear back from the Lord. Uh, one of the things I challenge people uh, in their prayer time, um, especially when people come to me and they say, hey, you know, uh, you know, I hear about these people who spend hours in prayer. And, you know, after about, I don't know, 30 seconds, I'm done. I, I don't know what else to do. Uh, how do they spend all these hours in prayer? And again, I think that's part of that is that misunderstanding that prayer is not a one-way conversation. Uh, you know, they're thinking there's, they're just constantly talking to God for an hour, you know, and after 15, 20, 30 seconds or a minute, you know, I'm done giving it my request. I don't know what else to do. How do I keep going for an hour? <clears throat> well, you know, in the context of praying over an extended period of time, whatever that is, and, and uh, one of the things I'd encourage you to do, don't put a clock on it. Okay, don't, don't put a clock on, on your time with God. You know, just like you don't put a clock on your time with your spouse or, or your friends or whatever. You know, you don't get with your, your, your child and say, okay, you got two minutes, go. <laughs> you don't do that because uh, it's a natural part of a relationship. It, you know, time is irrelevant. It, it, what's, not, what's important is not the time. It's, it's the interaction. It's the relationship. That's what's important. <clears throat> but back to the point of, of, you know, people who do spend hours and hours in prayer. Um, and one of the things I, I tell people is, look, when you go to pray, Yes, there is an aspect of you speaking to the Lord, but what I encourage people to do is then be quiet and spend some time listening and allowing the Lord to speak. And, and sometimes what I find for me personally is the, the extended period of time I, I spend in prayer is, is not me speaking, it's me listening or it's me giving room for the Lord to just begin to speak to my spirit, speak to my mind, uh, what he wants, or, or to, to work some things out of me, uh, and just spending that time with him to have a conversation. And, and a lot of times, that's what happens is I'll get into these conversations with the Lord uh, about you know a circumstance, or maybe something he's doing in me, or something I'm experiencing, or, or a perspective I've got that I, I don't understand. And all of a sudden, I'm having this long conversation. Have you ever sat at a coffee shop with somebody, and you get into this conversation, and uh, all of a sudden, you're like, wow, what time is it? And all of a sudden, you realize, man, we've been here for like three hours. How did that happen? That's how people end up spending hours with God. Uh, it's not because they punch a clock. It's because they've developed a relationship. And just like spending time with a friend at the coffee shop or at lunch or wherever, on the phone or whatever it is, you, you've probably experienced this, where time is irrelevant because your whole focus is on the relationship. And that's how you spend a lot of time with God, is developing that relationship. Um, again, stop putting the clock on it. But one of the ways you can begin to develop that, that uh, extended time, if you will, in order to develop the relationship is spending time listening or, or, or giving room for the Lord to speak. <clears throat> and that takes a while. Uh, you know, 
those friends that you spend hours with at a coffee shop, you know, the first time you met them, you didn't do that. You know, the first time you met them, you may only spend a, a minute or two. But over time, as the relationship developed, the time expanded and it just it just became natural. And it's the same thing with the Lord. So the way you you develop that intimate prayer time with the Lord is is realizing that it's not a one way conversation and giving the Lord the opportunity to speak back to you. And then, you know, entering into these conversations over time, and all of a sudden, you know, you're spending an hour with the Lord, and you don't even realize it. Um, so, it starts with realizing that that prayer is not a one-way conversation. So that's number one. Uh, number number two, that prayer is not a way to convince God. Uh, and I, again, I, I I think for a lot of Christians, we think prayer <clears throat> is is this way of trying to convince God to do something we want him to do that he probably doesn't want to do, or we're not sure he's really willing to do. <clears throat> and, you know, I see either circumstances, uh, situations, <clears throat> a teaching, whatever, where, and it's, it's not explicit, you know, people aren't saying it specifically this way, but but really, this is the way it's been approached. Uh, it's as if, again, it's as if we're trying to convince God to do something. Um, and, you know, you see this on, on uh, Facebook all the time, where people are, you know, typing out their prayers and say, you know, please pray with me over this. Uh, and again, again, I'm not saying it's not important to um, to ask the Lord for what we need. Uh, you know. The Lord's Prayer says that. Uh, Give us this day our daily bread. Uh, and, and, you know, cast your cares upon the Lord. Those type of things. <clears throat> but it, it's not what we're doing. It's why, or it's the motivation behind it. You know, it's again, it's as if we're trying to convince God to do something we don't think He's going to do. Or we don't think He wants to do. <clears throat> and this is where we get into the, you know, the aspect of, um, man, you got to pray with fervor and if you'll just mix in some emotion and and if you pray just the right way, you know, uh, it's almost like an incantation, if you will. If you'll just say these words with, with extreme emotion or high intensity, it'll be the exact right way to get God to do what he wants to do or do what you want him to do. Um, we got to be careful with that. Uh, again, I, I'm not against um, emotional prayers, and I'm certainly not against... You know, there's people who are very vocal in their prayer, and that's great. I'm not saying that in and of itself. But what I am saying is, when we get to a point where we think, if we will just follow a particular formula, or if we will say just the right words, uh, if we will say the magic words, um, if you will, then God will do what we want Him to do. Uh, I'm going to make a bold statement here. Uh, and I'm not saying it to get, condemn anybody. I'm not saying that at all, saying it this way to condemn anybody. But what I am saying is we've got to be very careful with that. Because when we use prayer as a spiritual means to manipulate God or to manipulate a circumstance or somebody else, folks, that's just witchcraft. That's what that is. We have to be extremely careful. And I'm not talking about walking on eggshells. 
What I am saying is we have to examine our motivation. We have to start from the place where we understand that, first of all, God is good. If we're not starting from that place, and that not only is God good, that everything He does is good, and every desire towards you and I from Him is good. And I think sometimes in circumstances, what happens is we lose that perspective. Because when something happens and we want a certain outcome, whatever that is, we are so caught up in this outcome that we're almost afraid that God's against us. Uh, or, or God doesn't have our best interests at heart. So we come up with a way to you know, try and convince him through certain prayer or, or, or certain words or certain intensity or whatever. <clears throat> Again, uh, those things, there's nothing wrong with those in and of themselves. You know, I, I have some really, really good friends who are great prayer warriors and boy, do they pray, man, they will pray, pray the house down uh, and, and they get loud and, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that in and of itself. I'm not talking about the action. I'm talking about the motivation behind it. Because, you know, when circumstances and, and things like that happen, what happens is the enemy comes in behind and oftentimes um, he'll convince us that this circumstance or the outcome of this circumstance is a commentary on God's love for us. And if God does not give us what we want, it's because he really doesn't love us, or it's because we're just not good enough. And both of those are flat-out lies. <clears throat> and when that starts creeping into our thought process and our beliefs in a circumstance, that's when we, we slip into the mode that we're using prayer to try and convince God. You know, God, if you'll just do this, then I'll do that. And we, you know, we start making these deals. Um, and we start bargaining with God. Uh, as if the bargain is enough to, to move God because he wouldn't have done it without the bargain. Um, so we have to be very careful that, that we don't slip into the belief uh, that we're trying to convince God to do something that he wouldn't want to do. Because just because the outcome doesn't reach or, or come come out the way we want it doesn't mean God is not good. Doesn't mean he doesn't have our best interest in mind. Doesn't mean he doesn't love us. And doesn't mean that we're, we're just not good enough. <clears throat> None of those things are true. All those things are settled by the gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ settled for all eternity that God is good, that he has our best interest in mind, that everything he does is good, that there's no evil that can overcome him, and that uh, we are made worthy by him, not by our circumstances or the outcomes of our circumstances. There's so many people that, I, that I've uh, known over the years who have walked away from the faith because a certain outcome that they were praying for didn't occur. And when that didn't happen, they based their entire relationship with the Lord on that outcome, rather than the gospel. 
And that's, you know, that's where we slip into that, that mindset that, that we're trying to convince God to do something that he just wouldn't do. And we have to realize that, that prayer is not a means to convince God. And really that, that goes on to number three, um, which is one step beyond that. Because uh, number three, uh, in, in regards to what prayer is not, prayer is not a means to get what we want. <clears throat> um, oftentimes we look at prayer as just, um, hey, you know, it, it's just the formula to get what I want in my life. You know, and this, this is where, you know, a lot of the name it, claim it stuff comes in. Or the prosperity gospel stuff comes in, where it's all about me, uh, where my prayers are, are are not about the kingdom, or or about um, glorifying the Lord, or about the good of other people. It's for my good. <laughs> it's for me, Lord. I want you to do this because I want it. Um, you know, in in the book of James, you know, James tells us that. Uh, we pray and do not receive because we pray with the wrong motivation. We, we want to spend it on our own selfish uh, desires. <clears throat> and a lot of times in the Christian life, we don't even recognize that we're, we're praying from a selfish motivation. We're praying from a selfish desire. Uh, we look at prayer, you know, you probably heard this illustration before, you know, it's almost as if we look at God as this, this cosmic vending machine. You know, if we just pray the right prayer, you know, we hit E7 and we get the M&Ms. <laughs> you know, that prayer E7 gives me M&Ms. If, if I pray P6, then, you know, I'll get the potato chips. Uh, that, that's not what prayer is all about. Uh, God is not a cosmic vending machine. Prayer is not about getting what we want. Prayer is about developing a relationship with the Lord. Now, there obviously, again, we are to cast our cares upon the Lord, and we are to, you know, make petition of the Lord. <clears throat> but that's not the that's not the ultimate purpose of prayer. The ultimate purpose of prayer is to develop the relationship. You know, going back to the illustration of, of sitting with your friend in the coffee shop or at lunch or whatever. Uh, you know, you spend two, three, four hours with them, and you don't realize how long it's been. You don't spend the vast majority of that conversation asking them for stuff. Because that two, three, four hours, if it's all about asking them for that stuff, isn't going to end up being like two, three, four minutes. <laughs> I mean, if that's the whole foundation of the conversation. So we have to be careful and realize that prayer is not a means just to get what we want. <clears throat> As Christians, part of the discipleship process is dying to ourselves, is we give up our rights and privileges. You know, we're, we're in our country right now, and the whole focus is on, these are my rights. I want my rights. Give me what's mine. <clears throat> uh, in the Christian life, in the kingdom, it's just the opposite. Uh, in the sense that, when I bow my knee to Christ, I give up my rights. I give up my desires. I willingly give myself to Jesus. You know, Jesus said... He who does not deny himself cannot be my disciple. The world is just the opposite. 
The world doesn't say deny yourself. The world says get everything you can. You know, deny anything else that's not of yourself. Well, the kingdom is just the opposite. We are to deny ourselves. Thy will be done. You know, one of the greatest um, demonstrations of that part of the Lord's Prayer, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, is when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and there he is the night before his crucifixion, and he, he, he has this great moment of transparency. And he says to God, if there is any way this cup can pass for me, let it be. But not my will, but yours be done. In other words, yeah, I have this desire that I would prefer not to have to go through this. But I'm willingly laying down my desires for your will. <clears throat> and that is the perfect picture of discipleship. Lord, I'm laying down my desires for your will. Uh, and, you know, one of the thing, one of the hardest things as Christians, especially in, in this, this country, in, in America, <clears throat> because America is such a prosperous country, and we live such a comfortable life, is to say, Lord, you know what? I give up my comfort for you. <laughs> I give up my prosperity for you. Uh, you know, we were just talking a minute ago about the prosperity gospel. Well, the kingdom gospel is Jesus' Jesus's prosperity, not mine. It's not about me getting stuff. It's about Jesus being glorified. It's about others coming to know Jesus through the gospel. So when it comes to prayer, you know, prayer is not a means for me getting what I want. But again, I'm not saying it's not a, a, a part of the conversation where I cast my cares upon the Lord or I petition the Lord for what I do need, you know, um, give us this day our daily bread. But it, it's not an aspect of the need, it's the motivation. You know, why am I asking the Lord for this? Am I asking the Lord because it's just a selfish motivation for me? This is what I want because, you know, I want a big house or a big car or, or you know, I, I want that promotion because it'll build myself up, whatever. I think you get the point. So when it comes to prayer, we do ask the Lord for what, what we need. But those needs are designed to help us fulfill our mission as ambassadors of the kingdom of God. It's not just for us. It's not just for me. It's not just for some selfish motivation. So that, that was number three. So let me recap these three things that prayer is not. First of all, prayer is not a one-way conversation. Number two, prayer is not a way to convince God. And then and three, prayer is not a means to get what we want. So those are the nots. Those are, that's the negative. Let's go to the positive side. So what, what is prayer? So let's look at three things prayer is. Let's flip that coin. Number one, prayer is a foundational part of our relationship with Jesus. Again, uh, and I've mentioned this several times already, the goal of the gospel is to reestablish the relationship we intended to have with Jesus, or he intended to have with us, from the very beginning. Communication is a foundational aspect of any relationship. And in, in the aspect of our relationship with God, communication is done through prayer. 
just like, again, I'm going to go back to your friend there at the coffee shop or at lunch or whatever, uh, you, you can't have a relationship with somebody you don't communicate with. And the more you communicate with them, the deeper the relationship grows. And this is why a lot of Christians um, struggle in their relationship with the Lord because there's no communication. Uh, they're not in the Word, and they don't talk to God. <clears throat> and if either one of those things, if, if both of them or one of them is missing, the relationship is not going to be developed to the depth that, it's, that it can be, to the depth that God wants it to be. So if we're going to have a relationship with Jesus, we have to have that communication. And it's not just a once-a-week once, once deal. You know, it's not just following pastor's prayer on Sunday or saying amen to pastor's prayer on Sunday. It's sitting down on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday, so on and so forth. And you, having that daily time in, in conversing with God, you speaking to God and God speaking to you, and just having that back and forth. Because without that um, conversation, without that prayer time with Jesus, you're not going to grow in your relationship. And this is why a lot of Christians, who may have been Christians chronologically, meaning you know they've been Christians for 10, 15, 20 years on a calendar, but their maturity level is only that of a one or two year Christian. Because they've stopped communicating or they've, they've only communicated at the level of a one or two year, year uh, Christian. So they, you know, they may have been a Christian for 20 years, but really what happened is they grew to become a Christian of two years and they just repeated that second year over and over and over and over again for another 18 years. Uh, and they never grew past that because they didn't grow in their, their conversation with the Lord through prayer. So prayer is a vital aspect of, of our discipleship if we're going to grow with the Lord and if we're going to mature uh, because as, as Jesus said in, in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And that following is not a one-time deal. It's a daily deal. It's a, a continual process. And that leads us um, into number two of what prayer is. Prayer is an ongoing conversation. It's not a one-time conversation. It's an ongoing conversation. One of my, one of my uh, other favorite books, you know, the early one I mentioned was Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. Another one is The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. Uh, in, in this book, Brother Lawrence, actually he didn't write the book per se. Uh, what the book is, is a collection of letters he wrote to a friend of his uh, about his relationship with the Lord. Uh, here, here's this guy, uh, lived hundreds of years ago, and was was a uh, in a monastery, <clears throat> and he got to the point in his relationship with the Lord, where you know they they would have these dedicated times of prayer, where you would go into your room, uh, and you would be in total silence, and you just pray for hours uh, on end. <clears throat> well, he he got to the point where. When, even when he wasn't in those times of solitude in his his uh, his room, you know he was out going to the grocery store or washing dishes or just doing the everyday everyday things of life. That he, he was he developed such a conversation with God that his time outside of the prayer room was no different than his time inside the prayer room. Uh, his conversation with God was continual; he didn't stop. 
when he walked out of the prayer room. And I think that happens sometimes for us is, you know, we'll spend our five, ten minutes with the Lord and, you know, we'll go through our prayer list or, or we'll read our prayers, whatever. Uh, and then we walk out and we don't talk to God at all for the rest of the day. Uh, or we just do it on Sunday. You know, we'll have this conversation with the Lord on Sunday and we'll say, okay, we'll see you next week, Lord. <laughs> you know, see you next, you know, just like we would say to Pastor Jeff, I'll see you next week, Pastor. You know, we say the same thing to Jesus. I'll see you next week, Jesus. You know, it was a great conversation. <clears throat> the purpose of prayer is not to relegate it to a certain time or location. Now, that's not to say there aren't times and locations that we have these uh, set-aside times of prayer. That's not to say that at all. But what I am saying is, that ultimately, it should be an ongoing conversation because, you know, just like being with your friend, you know, at some point you're going to have, if you're with your friend all day long, you're going to talk to them while you're with them all day long, right? Well, Jesus is with you all the time. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So no matter where you go, uh, when you walk out of your, your, your house in the morning, you're in your car during your commute, at work or at Walmart or wherever you are, at the gym, Jesus is right there with you. And you can have this conversation with him. Uh, and he wants to have that conversation with you all the time. Uh, one of the things I found in my own walk with the Lord is there's a lot of times where in that daily conversation where I'll be out just doing whatever I'm doing, you know, that's the daily, dayless, day, daily, day, dayness of life, you know, the daily stuff, uh, going to the grocery store or um, getting gas or whatever it is I'm doing, going to the doctor's office, that something happens and, you know, I'm just, something jumps out at me and I start talking to the Lord about it and he'll use that to point something out in me that either needs to change or gives me a deeper insight into myself, uh, into, into, into the gospel, into my own identity, um, into my relationship with other people, or, or, you know, something will occur and it becomes a revelation that the Lord wants to bring into my life, and He, he ties it into something I just read earlier in the day in the Word, uh, and, and just brings in that deeper conversation. And, and it's like, wow, you know, uh, I, I'm really glad we were having this conversation because I would have missed that. <clears throat> and that happens for me all the time. That uh, just in the everydayness of life, doing all the daily stuff, that the Lord just brings something that uh, on the surface seemed to have no spiritual meaning whatsoever. But he'll use it to tie it into something else and bring in revelation. And it is wonderful. It is great. And it just deepens my relationship with him and deepens my own sense of, of a connection with the Lord. So that, that's an aspect of that prayer is an ongoing conversation. That, uh, yes, there are designated times for prayer. You know, setting that quiet time aside daily but not leaving God in the quiet place, bringing him with you, uh, or recognizing that he goes with you everywhere you go. So that's number two. And finally, number three, again, uh, prayer is a means to grow as a disciple. As I was just mentioning in that aspect of that ongoing conversation, you know, the Lord's speaking different things to me that reveal things about myself or my identity, whatever. <clears throat> 
as a disciple, we are continually to grow and mature. That's, that's the goal of discipleship. You know, Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, the theological term for that is sanctification. Uh, meaning, we, we develop our character over time to become more and more Christ-like. And that's an ongoing process. That, that never stops. It's a lifelong process. It's something that occurs daily, weekly, monthly, and it never, again, it never stops. Um, we never reach the end until the end. That's when we'll reach the end. So from the day we're born to the day we die is an opportunity to grow in our walk with the Lord. And it doesn't matter how far you've, you've grown in your walk with the Lord, there's always more in which to grow. There's always more revelation. There's always more things for the Lord to develop in, in us. And, and prayer is a vital aspect of that. <clears throat> Again, you know, I mentioned earlier that you know, some Christians have been Christians for 10, 15, 20 years, uh, but really they're only Christians of two years uh, because they've stopped growing. They've stopped developing. Um, you know, I mentioned that, that verse earlier where, where Jesus said to the disciples, come follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. Well, that aspect of God making us to become is an aspect of the transformation of our character. Uh, all too often in Christianity, we look at Christianity as a behavioral modification program. Most well, not. Christianity is not a behavioral modification program. It is a character transformation process. Because when your character is transformed, your behavior naturally follows. So God's not after your behavior, He's after your character. Because when you become a certain type of person, you will do certain types of things. And you will stop doing other certain types of things because it's incompatible with your character. And that's why, you know, in Christianity, we have to allow God to, to develop us from the inside out, not from the outside in. Uh, too often, we, we focus on an external transformation rather than the internal transformation. Uh, i use another book here. Um, Dallas Willard's The Divine Conspiracy. Uh, in there, he, he talks about something called, what he calls... The, the Gospels of Sin Management, meaning that in, in, in the church, we get so focused on trying to manage our sin that we forget that the Gospel is not about managing sin, it's about transforming our identity. <clears throat> and when our identity is transformed, the sin is naturally taken care of. Uh, it's an inside-out transformation. Uh, but all too often in the church, we focus on the sin rather than the Savior that's within us. <clears throat> and that's where this aspect of, of uh, prayer being a means to grow as a, a disciple is so vital. You know, we, we think that, man, if I could just stop sinning, then I'm okay. Well, no, <laughs> that, that's not what it's about. It's about becoming the person God called you to become. And when you do that, sin is no longer an issue. And prayer is a vital aspect of that internal transformation. And I think, again, this is why so many Christians don't value prayer because they're so focused on the external behavior that we overlook and neglect the internal character. Prayer 
helps in that development of the internal character uh, because it's it's relational. It's it's a foundational aspect of that transformation. You know, again, as I was mentioning earlier, you know, sometimes I'll be out just going through Walmart and some circumstance occurs, something I you know something catches my eye or whatever, and the Lord ties it back into His Word or something else He was teaching me, whatever, and it brings a greater revelation of myself or my identity uh, or my understanding of God or whatever, and that builds me up on the inside. And as, as the Lord builds me up on the inside, what occurs on the outside just naturally follows. Uh, because that foundation of character uh, won't allow myself to go in a direction that is against the Lord. Uh, because that character is built on the Lord. Uh, so it's that, that internal transformation. So that's why it's so important to understand that prayer is a means to grow as a disciple. So let me recap these three things that prayer is. Number one, uh, prayer is the foundational part of our relationship with Jesus. Number two, prayer is an ongoing conversation. And number three, prayer is a means to grow as a disciple. Um, you know, as I close out this week and close out this series, <clears throat> again, I started this whole thing in, in the context of going beyond Sunday morning. That um, as a Christian, Sunday cannot be the foundation of our relationship with the Lord. Uh, it's an aspect of our relationship with the Lord, but it's not a foundation of our relationship with the Lord. The foundation of our relationship with the Lord is the gospel, our relationship uh, growing out of that gospel through the word and prayer, uh, those two key disciplines. And that's what we've talked about over the last you know, three weeks. And that's why it's so important that um, in order to go beyond Sunday morning, we have to be at home with the word and we have to be at home with prayer. Uh, and that's, again, what we've talked about here. And, and I'm, I'm so glad you've tuned in. I'm so glad you've had the opportunity to uh, take some steps. I hope you've had the opportunity to take some steps over the last few weeks to bring the kingdom come at home, uh, to experience God right there, right where you are, uh, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, in your everydayness of life, um, growing in the Word growing now in prayer. Uh, because those, again, once we get those two foundational disciplines um, as a habits in our life, uh, we grow in that relationship with the Lord. And as that relationship with the Lord grows, we grow. And, and we become more and more the disciples that Jesus has called us to be. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you uh, for, for all these folks who've watched uh, Lord, I pray right now that you would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, of your ways, your purposes, Lord, uh, of how you want to develop us, how you want to, to build us up, transform us from the inside out. And Lord, I pray that, that your Holy Spirit would give each and every person a greater desire to spend time with you in prayer, uh, in, in that ongoing conversation Lord, speaking and hearing in order to follow you, uh, that we may become the person and, and, and body of Christ you called us to be, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again, uh, uh, so glad you've had the opportunity to tune in here over the last three weeks in this Kingdom Come at Home uh, series and in our continuing Wednesday night series. 
Uh, look forward to seeing you on Sunday. We're back in person on Sunday, so don't forget to grab your reservations there uh, online, uh, tpcfamily.org. And, man, uh, I'm just so excited for you guys. I'm so excited for the church. Uh, despite the, the crisis that's going on, I believe the Lord is giving us a great open door um, to, to be the church, to become the church. And through that, that he would bring the kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. God bless you guys.